plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Good morning and welcome to Locked On Cowboys. I am your host, Drew Davison, the Fort Worth Star-Telegram Cowboys beat reporter. I'm glad you could join us today. It is Tuesday, September 13th. Hope you have a great day. And as always, I appreciate you tuning in to Locked On Cowboys. On this two days after the Cowboys fell 20 to 19 in the season opener, and I'll just jump right into it. I, you know, this will kind of be like a Tuesday morning quarterback session. What did the Cowboys do right? You know, three things the Cowboys fans should feel good from the home opener, and three things that are concerns going forward right now. And Jason Garrett talked at length yesterday in his session with reporters about these things. So uh, I'll, I'll mix in some of what Garrett said as well as some of my own thoughts. And first off, the number one reason I think the Cowboys fans should feel good is the Cowboys, this is the formula that won them a lot of games in 2014. They put together long drives. They opened the game with a 14-play drive, a 14-play drive, and an 11-play drive. They dominated time of possession. 36 minutes, 43 seconds to 23 minutes, 17 seconds. So they kept the defense off the field. The defense, as most of us know, is the weaker unit. So the Cowboys were able to keep them off the field for a majority of the game, keep them fresh, and that's going to be a key, key factor going forward. They scored. The Cowboys scored on their first four drives. Three in the first half, once in the second half. They converted on fourth down, or excuse me, they converted on third downs, I felt they had a good mix of run and pass. Even though the running game wasn't going great, they they stayed balanced. And that was a very important factor in 2014. Where, of course, this formula f- faltered and failed in the home opener is you've got to convert those chances into touchdowns. You can't settle for field goals, and that is something the Cowboys must address going forward. The one positive drive, the one, the sudden change, Brandon Carr picks off the second play of the second half, comes up with the interception. Short field, sudden change, Cowboys drive down, score a touchdown. That's the formula that the Cowboys need to go with. Time of possession, limiting the defense, running the ball. Granted, the run wasn't great, but a balanced offense. And this is kind of the formula that worked in 2014. So you could see it 
yes, it didn't lead to a to a win, but you can see the formula, and I thought, you know, that that is a positive thing for the Cowboys to build off of, that they were able to control the clock uh, and score and put together those long, nice, long offensive drives. Number two, Dak Prescott. I, I think there were so many questions about how Dak would handle his first NFL start. Yeah, I thought he handled it well. He, he looked great in the first half, had his struggles in the second half, but all in all, I thought he handled himself well. He gave the team a chance to win at the end. And that's what you want out of a rookie quarterback. That's what you want out of your backup quarterback. And when you think back on the game, you know, the, just imagine if Dak and Cole Beasley connect in the first half for a touchdown. And then if Des Bryant's touchdown that was overturned isn't overturned, if the ruling on the field stands. Those are two touchdown passes, big-time plays that Dak made. Now, they didn't go the Cowboys' way. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no uh, – there's no – you know, what if type scenario for the this Cowboys team. But I'm just saying, if you look back on his plays, he made some plays uh, where the receivers, you know, Cole Beasley should have caught the pass, and Des Bryant made a great play. But he, after the Green Bay game, he knows the ball cannot move when he goes down to the ground. And let me remind y'all. Before I move on to my third and final bright spot for the Cowboys, check out the Locked On Podcast Network. They are all terrific. I especially encourage you this week, go over, check out Locked On Redskins. Cowboys' second opponent, huge game coming up. If you want to know what's going on with the Redskins, check out Locked On Redskins. And, of course, for you fantasy players out there, Locked On Fantasy. I've been on that show. It is terrific insight. If you want to know who to start, who to sit, who's a sleeper this week, you know, is Cole Beasley going to be a focal point of this offense with Dak Prescott at quarterback? So check out the Locked On Podcast Network. We got pretty much every team covered. We've also got the Locked On NFL show with Matt Williamson. That is must-listen to for insights around the league. And the third thing I think Cowboys fans should take away, again, number one was the formula. Number two, Dak Prescott. Number three, the defense. I think the defense, after re-watching the game, I think the defense had several more positives come out than at at first glance. Now, granted, you know, they struggled late in the game. They had those late collapses. You can't let the Giants run almost three minutes off the clock and and give your offense 65 seconds to go – 50 yards to get Dan Bailey a reasonable 
field goal look. But I thought statistically the defense held its own. The Giants finished with 203 passing yards, 113 rushing yards. Nothing spectacular. Defense forced a turnover. Brandon Cars ended his 36-game interception drought with a turnover. And some other guys, I thought, to take positive steps. Terrell McClain, this is a guy who dealt with a toe injury a lot of last year, but who is an impact guy when he's on the field. He had a nice tackle for loss. Cedric Thornton, they're high-priced, say that with some quotation marks, if you will, free agent defensive tackle. He made a nice tackle for loss. David Irving had a tackle for loss. As mentioned, Carr's interception. The most important thing for Cowboys fans to take away from the game, and I think the best note is Sean Lee played every defensive snap. All 56 defensive snaps, Sean Lee was on the field. And he led the team with 10 tackles. Sean Lee had knee surgery, minor knee surgery, earlier this offseason. And he's kind of been slowed with the knee injury here of late. But seeing him out there for the entire game playing all 56 snaps is certainly a positive for the Cowboys. And now let's move on to the negatives. You know, the the players and the things that did not go the Cowboys' way. And I've got three I want to touch on, and none of them are Terrence Williams. None of them are the situational football. I touch on that a lot in yesterday's podcast. If you didn't hear it, please go check it out. Of course, Terrence Williams needs to get out of bounds. Of course, the defense needs to get the ball back quicker in that late game situation. But this is more of, you know, kind of a, a second watch of the game and, and what I took away from it. And the number one thing, and Jason Garrett touched on this today, Lael Collins. The left guard has so much potential, so much promise. Great run blocker. He's physical. The Cowboys are lucky to have him. He should have been a first-round pick last year. There was some off-field stuff that kind of popped up right during the draft. He went undrafted, and the Cowboys were able to lure him in to Valley Ranch and out the star. But Lael Collins with two costly holding penalties in the fourth quarter. The first happened early in the fourth quarter. 11.59s left in the game. Cowboys take over. They're up 19-13. The defense just made a nice stand against the Giants offense. Byron Jones batted the ball away from Larry Donnell, the Giants tight end. But first down, Lael Collins flagged for holding. That becomes a first and 20, so that pushes the ball back to the Cowboys' 10. First down, Ezekiel Elliott runs for two yards. Uh, Incomplete pass on second down. 
Third and 18, Cowboys are just trying to get something back. Three-yard tight end screen to Jason Witten, punt. And that gave Lael Collins' holding penalty kind of led to that three and out, and it also gave the Giants a short field on the next drive. They took over on their own 46 and went on to score the go-ahead touchdown that next drive. But the game was far from over by that point. Cowboys took over again, and of course Collins has another holding penalty. They had a first and 10 on their own 36, turn into a first and 20 at their own 26. Two incomplete passes, it's third and 20. They're kind of in that weird, you know, playing for field position for one last drive. It's third and 20. They go, that goes back to Witten for a short game. The ball goes over to the Giants, and that's where the four-minute defense kind of struggled for the Cowboys. But it's very hard to convert third and 20s and third and 18s, especially in the fourth quarter. Lael Collins knows that, and he needs to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And Jason Jason Garrett said in part today on Lael Collins – Quote, he's still growing and learning as a player, but he's certainly playing the right way. So, like I said, Lael Collins has so much potential, you don't want to bash him too much, but, you know, he those two holding penalties, extremely, extremely costly. The number two disappointment in the Cowboys opener, and it's probably the number one in most fans' minds, especially the fantasy players out there, Ezekiel Elliott. 20 yards, or excuse me, 20 carries, 51 yards, 2.6 yards per carry average. Zeke didn't lie. He called it average after the game. He told me that the Cowboys didn't bring him here to be average. And that is certainly true. He did not hide or you know, he he told the truth. He was not gonna, you know, dodge the questions or anything like that. So you do have to give him some credit for that. But just think, Ezekiel Elliott averaged 2.6 yards per carry at Ohio State throughout his college career. He averaged 6.7 yards a carry, more than four yards a carry in college compared to his pro debut. His longest yard was eight yards. His longest run, excuse me, was eight yards. Alfred Morris, on the other hand, had seven carries for 35 yards. He looked a little more patient, found the creases a little better than Ezekiel Elliott, but the running game in general was a disappointment, especially with the best offensive line. The Cowboys had have to establish the run better than they did. Here's what Jason Garrett said, and quote, I think Zeke did a good job running hard when the runs were dirty to stick it on up in there and get where he could get. He did have a couple runs that broke outside a little bit that were positive plays for us and for him. 
but the NFL is hard. It's hard to run the ball in the NFL. That's true. It's very hard to run the ball in the NFL, but the Cowboys have done it the last two years. DeMarco Murray had a career year in 2014, set the Cowboys' single-season rushing record. I mean, this is an organization with the lead NFL's all-time leading rusher in Emmitt Smith, and DeMarco Murray sets the rushing record. Last year, Joseph Randall starts the season as the starter. Darren McFadden takes over. By the end of the year, Darren McFadden has the fourth most rushing yards in the NFL. So, you don't want to knock Zeke or the running game too much, but this is, yes, it's hard to run the ball in the NFL, but this, with this line, this has been a proven rushing attack with DeMarco Murray, with Darren McFadden, and to be honest, eventually I think Ezekiel Elliott. This was just one game. The Giants knew what was coming. They stacked the box, made it very tough for the Cowboys to run. With that being said, still a disappointing outing because if other teams are able to stuff the run like the Cow- like the Giants did, the Cowboys are in for a long season. And my final disappointment of the game, Des Bryant, one catch for eight yards. He was targeted five times. He had the interception, or excuse me, he had the touchdown overturned, <coughs> which well, was a huge blow to the Cowboys. But Des Bryant needs to be more involved in this offense. And it's not all on Des Bryant. Dak Prescott has to take more chances with him. And the Cowboys have to scheme more plays toward him. No one's going to argue Jason Witten is in a great security blanket. No one's going to argue Cole Beasley doesn't deserve looks. But they should not account for as many looks as they did. Des Bryant needs to get more involved, and, and Jason Garrett acknowledged that. He said, quote, he's an awfully good football player. When he makes some explosive plays for us, typically we're able to score points. But other teams know that too, so he got a lot of attention. They were loading up the box in certain situations, but they also were rushing three in other situations and dropping eight into coverage and rolling to him and giving him a lot of attention. That's nothing new for him. He's gotten that throughout his career. You still have to be able to function and make the plays that are there. As we go forward, hopefully we'll learn from the experience we had yesterday. All you can say is hopefully the Cowboys do. You've got to get your playmakers going. You've got to get Ezekiel Elliott and Des Bryant going. You've got to make plays with your stars. I thought Dak Prescott looked pretty good, made some good plays, but he's got to get the the ball to Des more often. Ezekiel Elliott's got, you know, it's all hand in hand. You can't blame only Ezekiel Elliott, but he's got to be more productive. Bottom line, he can't carry the ball 20 times and come away with 51 yards. As he said, that's not what the Cowboys used the fourth overall pick for. 
So he certainly has to step it up. But like I started this show, there were some positives. There were some things the Cowboys can build on. I don't think this is the end of the year by any stretch. You know, uh, there's a lot of over-evaluating after the first week. But I thought those three things, you know, costly penalties and not getting your playmakers involved really hurt the Cowboys. With that being said, they were within one point. If Terrence Williams runs out of bounds, they give Dan Bailey has a shot to possibly win it. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see kind of what happens going forward. But that's going to do it for this episode. Again, I am Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. This is Locked On Cowboys. I hope you encourage your friends to listen to it. Encourage your coworkers. Follow me on Twitter at Drew Davison, D-A-V-I-S-O-N. Shoot me an email, ddavison at star-telegram.com. I hope it's as interactive as possible going forward, and I hope to bring a little bit more uh, sound from the locker room, maybe some interviews with other writers, national writers, as well as, you know, hopefully get a player or two to stop by for a few minutes and and join the podcast. So tune in tomorrow, and until then, have a good day. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.